So, Matt, I was talking to uh, our friend, uh, Thomas Gibbons, friend of the podcast, yeah. Automatic Racing, Tom Gibbons. Uh, and as we'll talk about later on in this podcast, I'm sure, uh, they had a fantastic opening weekend of racing at USA Crits. Yeah, sensational. And, uh, of course, their team name is Automatic Racing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were having a little Facebook conversation uh, in a comment thread to a post that you posted, just congratulating them about their uh, about their racing. And, uh, and you posted a... Um, a link to the uh, the Pointer Sisters song "Automatic." That's right. Fantastic song from I guess the eighties, early eighties, early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Bit, bit of late, sort of almost late disco era Pointer mm. Sisters song. Uh, bit of electro in there. That's fantastic. And uh, and and uh, I I commented and asked uh, Thomas. I said, Thomas, it, can you uh, can you request call up music <laughs> at USA Crits? Yeah. Because because uh, I think this is uh, I think this is your song. He uh, responded that he wanted to so badly. And, and posted another uh, another song. I, I wasn't familiar with that one. What is what is that? Uh, Siegen Tom is that what it's called? I think Something so. like that. Uh, it's a, I guess a Belgian band, uh, and it's a, a, an homage to uh, the great uh, Tomake Tom Bonin. Yeah, it's uh, it's also a great song. Yeah, uh, although I, I have to say, and as we as we listen to this subtle sort of late disco era Pointer Sisters in the background here. Uh, Thomas, I think that this is your call-up song, my man. Totally. Well, good evening, everyone. This is the T-Bone uh, welcoming you to episode 77 of the Yeah, You Ride podcast here in the studio with my good friend, Sir Cheerio. And we're without our good friend, Bodie Bodie, who uh, is currently on a shoot, I believe, uh, yeah. may join us later on or maybe not. We're not sure. Yeah, we've done this once or twice. This is a bit of a throwback. It mm-hmm. reminds me of the of the time that we recorded in your garden, if I'm not mistaken. In my, in my orchid house, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's on the east wing of uh, of Kite Manor. An early episode of the Yeah You Ride podcast. Mm. Uh, but we'll be missing Bodhi tonight, but we wanted to bring you an episode of the podcast because we've had a lot of bicycle racing going on over the weekend, huh, Matt? A heck of a lot of bicycle racing and some really good racing, too. Yeah, well, why don't we start it off with, with uh, what we alluded to in the, in the open. Uh, the Birmingham Hammerfest, the, well, I guess this is not the first race of the USA Crit Series. It was the preseason race of yeah. the USA Crit Series. So I, I wonder, how does that work? Because they have, you know, um, a leader's jersey and, uh, an, and a team, uh, overall team prize and everything as well. So... My How? understanding is that it's it, it was it was a race and it was meant to sort of feature and and um, introduce the USA Crit Series. This is the first year I think that they've had a race in downtown Birmingham, mm-hmm. um, and so the the difference or the distinction here is that uh, this is not a points scoring race, is my understanding. 
Okay. So so this won't contribute to the overall? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I don't know if perhaps the the winner of the race, and spoiler, it was Thomas's uh, teammate that uh, that won the race. Um, I don't know if if he gets the leader's jersey to to uh, start the season. One would hope so. Not. And and I'm and I'm blanking. The the only name that's coming to my mind is his, <laughs> is his Instagram handle, right. uh, Brick Dangerblade. Well, you can't forget that name. No, can you? you can't. Absolutely not. But I'm 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 losing sight of his real name, and we should say it. Chad Conley. Yes, Chad Conley, of course, aka Brick Dangerblade. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, uh, fantastic. It was so much fun watching that. Um, Watching first of all, I thought it was Thomas for a minute because I thought, how can in the world could there possibly be a team with two dudes as big as Thomas and this guy uh, Chad turned out to be? But it it, it wasn't Thomas. Thomas no. was tail gunning on the on the back, I guess, um, waiting for the sprint. Waiting for the sprint. He had he had sent Brick up the up the road, Chad up the road mm-hmm. to uh, try to make the break. He wasn't originally part of it, uh, but he he bridged up to the break and then spent. A majority of the middle to the end of the race in the break. Uh, the break stayed away. Uh, it was a break of, of six. Uh, and then it broke up itself. There were two riders that went off the front of that six-man break. With about, what, five to go? Something yeah, like with that? about five laps to go. Mm-hmm. Um, looked like maybe that two-man break was going to stay away and the winner was going to come from that group. In fact, the, the comp- race commentators had all but had, had all but said, you know, it was done and dusted. Yeah. Uh, and that the winner was going to come from those two when suddenly Chad uh, got sick of sitting on the back waiting for somebody else to do the work and just decided he was going to go and try to bridge that all on his own. Um, it looked like he put in a Herculean effort just to <laughs> yeah. just to make the connection. Yeah. Uh, and then barely sat on the back of that group uh, for much time at well, all. There wasn't much time left, was no, there? No, no. There were maybe two laps to go by the time he, he made the junction. Mm-hmm. He did not wait around for anybody else to make the move. Uh, he made the move and literally sprinted off the front. And, um, I mean, it definitely came down to a sprint. He never got much of a gap, but I guess he just had enough to, to stay away and no one could ever come around him and uh, took the win by uh, by a pretty decent bike throw. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a, maybe a bike length. Um, and uh, and Thomas uh, worked his way back up through the group and uh, finished second in the bunch sprint, so, so eighth, eighth overall. Yeah, so first and eighth in their, in the team's first race in the, in the, uh, in the men's D1. So the D1 is basically P1-2, I believe, pretty much. I guess so. So the D1 is it are the teams that have, uh, have uh, registered and paid to enter mm-hmm. as D1 uh, pro teams in the USA Crit Series. There yeah. are 20-odd teams, uh, and, and those uh, are the teams that are competing for the overall team points series. Uh, in the USA Crit Series, but they raced the D1 race along with the the one two three race, which meant that uh, lots of friends of ours who race as ones and twos for the most part, some threes, were were racing in that featured race. At least in Birmingham, I don't know that it'll be that way throughout, but in this race, at least, you did not have to be on one of the d1 teams in order to race in this race and so right. we had guys like that we know uh, lance abshire Patton sims 
um, and uh, when, uh, another friend whose name is escaping me, um, who, who's, who was actually in that six-man break. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's going to be some big teams contesting that. Um, Evolo, of course, uh, who a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Vince G is mechanic for. There, um, I don't think they were there in this race, but they will be uh, in other races in the series. Um, and uh, I believe there was some uh, Hincapi um, Holowesco riders in there. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, the Texas Roadhouse, of course, represented there. Uh, you know, some really, um, you know, big big teams on the on the U.S. crit scene. Uh, on the women's side, the women's race was. Uh, was also really good and really um i would say the la sweat team absolutely bossed that race uh, I, I have to confess i didn't have a chance to watch the women's race i was yeah. i was out it was my daughter's birthday over the weekend and so i was uh, out doing birthday stuff with her but i did get home in time to watch the men's race uh yeah, well that was that was also great action um got to see uh thomas's uh, girlfriend lauren on the front uh, briefly right about five laps to go and uh, getting getting their jersey up there. Was and she also wearing the plain black Under Armour jersey with the uh, with she the was simple white uh, automatic on the front. Yep, yep. She was uh, she was, um, and she also had a teammate in there. So they've they've got a team of uh, uh, three in the men's field and two in the women's field. Uh, yep. So yeah, it's, uh, exciting stuff. Uh, I mean, got us all hyped up, really, didn't it? About uh, about the USA Crit Series. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm all in on the USA Crit Series. Um, pretty excited. We're actually going to be meeting with uh, Thomas and Lauren. They're coming through town on their way to El Paso, which is mm-hmm. the, the actual opening race of the series. Yeah. Uh, two weekends from now, I think. Yep. Two weeks from now, uh, they're driving from Miami to El Paso, which is uh, one hell of a drive. So Quickly, Davis Adams. Yeah. Uh, was the Velovit racer's name who was uh, in the break. And I apologize, Davis. I just couldn't get Matt Davis out of my head. But yeah, Davis Adams uh, for Velovit was, was in that break. Uh, yeah, but back to the back to uh, Automatic. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I guess they had a little snafu with their uh, new jerseys mm-hmm. that we've been talking about. We talked about it, talked with Thomas about it on the podcast, the design of the, of the jerseys. But apparently they didn't come in in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they uh, had to make do with what they could make do with, and I guess they got some black Under Armour uh, base layers, yeah, and 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 screened automatic on the front. I think I don't know if those were ironed on or if they literally, you know, screen printed them with white spray paint, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was uh, it was quite uh, quite a cutter's throwback, wouldn't it, you say, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, definitely uh, played up the whole underdog status that they were uh, they were riding with, and uh, and then uh, they also got third in the um, team overall. Yeah. Uh, so they uh, they've got some natty sweatshirts that uh, made up, which are very very throwback. It's kind of a almost a Molteni sort of style thing. Orange yes. with a blue band with a white automatic on, so they were uh, all on the podium there. Um, third place in the in the team overall for uh, yeah, scrappy uh, a scrappy new outfit, which is uh, which is what we like to see. Yeah, for sure, it's a great story, and uh, hopefully that storyline will continue to to develop over the course of the USA Crits season, and we'll be talking. I hope a lot more with Tom and Lauren about it uh, as the as the season goes on. So uh, really looking forward to getting a quick interview with them when they're in town. Yeah, it'd be great to actually 
finally meet Tom and uh, and 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 Lauren, of course, and and uh, get them in the studio. Um, I'm embarrassed right now uh, to to note as we give a quick shout out to uh, our teammate Chip Parker, who mm-hmm. was also in the Masters 35 plus race. He got some good screen time for Urban South, our sponsor. Uh, he did uh, pretty well. Finished fourth yeah. in that race. Yeah, superb. Um, was uh, was out was out front a good bit. Uh, and and I'm I'm saying I'm embarrassed because I'm looking just above uh, Chip's name on the agenda, and I see that uh, Davis Adams' name is uh, written right here by our good <laughs> friend uh, Mr. Bodigheimer, who added that to our agenda uh, before he realized he wasn't going to be able to make it tonight. So thanks for including Davis's name, Bodie, and I'm sorry that we uh, had to look elsewhere for it when it was right here in front of our eyes. Yep. But yeah, Chip was in Chip was in fourth, um, and. Uh, Final shout out as we move on from uh, Birmingham Hammerfest to our good friend Tom Futrell, who helped design uh, the uh, this season's or last season's uh, the the pink and dark blue Urban South uh, kit mm. looked really fantastic on TV. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it did. I'm, looks, I'm partial to it, but looks uh, superb. Thanks, yeah. Tom, for helping us look real good on TV. Professional racing was happening over in Europe as well, and lots of it. We've got two uh, week-plus-long stage races, one that just concluded on Sunday. That was Paris-Nice, the Mm -hmm. race to the sun, and one that is concluding tomorrow. That is Terreno Adriatico, which is in Italy, correct? Which is the, um, the, the race of the two seas, right? It starts on the Tyrrhenian Sea and crosses over to the Adriatic. Yeah, aptly named race in that yeah. case. Yeah, so um, actually two pretty interesting and generally pretty exciting races happening both at the same time. Uh, not exactly sure how it shakes out, but you know who does what. I'm sure there's some lore to that. Perry Nice tends to be a guys that are going to go do the tour always seem to sort of like to do Perry Nice. It seems. Um, well, in the last that's ten, the feeling I've gotten. Yeah, in the last 10 years, it tends to be somebody from Sky that yeah. wins it. And uh, this was no exception. I think they've won now uh, seven of the last nine uh, Paris-Nice, something ridiculous like that. I think it's six of the last nine, because if I'm not mistaken, I heard someone reference that stat and then said that even Team Sky as an entire team still hasn't beat Sean Kelly's record of winning Perry Nice seven times in a row. No. No so. nobody nobody's beaten that. But uh and I, I can't see anybody beating beating that these days. No. Uh, but yeah, really really super tight racing. It always seems to be I mean, it can come down to like the final that final descent what I like to call the the Ronin stage, if anybody's ever seen that movie. Absolutely. It's the Ronin car chase down into Nice, uh, yeah. which is, uh, you know, the it's got a, it's a, it's all up and down all day and then and then short stage punchy stage only like a, a 60 miles you know 100k kind of stage but um that uh, that final descent into Nice is always a nail biter to see and and there's usually somebody off the front and this time it was Quintana 
That's right. Um, and, and a nice chase behind. Uh, and it's always sort of a select chase behind because mm -hmm. you would have had to have made the selection coming over the top of that hill yeah, that very leads small. to that descent. So it's usually a small group of uh, sprinters and GC contenders that are chasing from behind. It's not like a, a you know a sprinter's peloton type of chase. It's a much more of a, a, a small select chase. Yeah, uh, that was the case this year. Sky had uh, Bernal. He was. I don't know that he was ever not the virtual GC. I don't for, know. For brief periods he was, but it, it looked like they pretty much had it under control because they had so many guys still there. Sure. I mean, it was pretty late on that they still had Luke Rowe there. And then they had, I mean, you know, they had Ivan Sosa, they had um, uh, Jonathan Narvez, uh, they had uh, Theo Gagan Hart, they had Michal Kwiatkowski, and then Bernal himself. So they had, you know, some real talent in there. Um, to help and it was it was Kwiatkowski who was dive bombing on the front in that final descent to to get Bernal to the line so it didn't look like but it's still you know I think they still won by probably less than 30, 20 seconds maybe or something like that right um, very reminiscent of, of last year's race and not to get back to that but yeah uh, Mark Soler with the with a similar um, you know type of uh, type of win last year um, yeah. not by the skin of his teeth but but enough close enough that it was exciting to the end. And that's one one thing I have to say uh, about Perry-Nice as a race. Um, oh, one, also an aptly named race. It goes from Paris to Nice. And this year, awful weather in the north. And yeah. is often the case. Really still, I mean, still wintertime. So it's uh, chilly in, in, in uh, north of yeah. France. Cold, wet, Cold, crosswind. Wet. Uh, then you have a couple of the sort of uh, transition stages through the, through the Massif Central. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then generally sunny and warm for the last couple stages uh, with that through, yeah, again the Alp Maritime and then that uh, that beautiful last stage as you've described with the with the iconic descent uh, and then the sort of uh, flat sprint into uh, into into Nice and that was made a little tricky this year because there was a whole bunch of like construction going on so they had some real chicanes to get through and uh, down on that flat section at the bottom uh, it was it was uh, still kind of very technical in there but yeah super exciting race. so Egan Bernal becomes the youngest winner ever of Perry Nice he does win the race despite Quintana's best effort to mm -hmm. to blow it up hats off to Quintana for throwing everything he had uh, at it he seems to still be ready to race his bike this year yeah interested to see uh, how he goes for the for the rest of the season but yeah Sky has really really dominated this race uh, they didn't win it last year Mark Soler won for Movistar yeah. right last year yeah and he uh, was but he was not in not in tip-top form uh, he, he he did quite a bit of work for um, Quintana on Sunday but he was way off the pace uh, for most of the race EF education first had a pretty good race as a team uh, mm. uh, Danny Martinez won the time trial no the queen oh, excuse stage me, won that won the queen stage uh, i'm thinking of the time trial because we uh i sent you a photograph of uh, of martinez in his Colombian national champs time trial suit mm. uh and and you matt were shocked to to learn and finally realize that the ef education first bibs are actually a very very dark 
dusky blue as opposed to black. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. I, I, thought I, would have, I'm, I'm a maybe, I may be a little disappointed about that. Now, I, I do have to say they were a bit more royal blue in Martinez's kit because I think they were uh, Colombian dyed blue. to match the, the Colombian blue. Yeah. Sharp-looking kit uh, he had on, though, I have to say. That uh, kit looked very, very good, the Colombian National Champs team time trial kit. Yeah. Um, and although they didn't, uh, one of their riders didn't win the time trail trial, that was uh, Simon Yates with an outstanding ride, um, absolutely bossed the TT. Uh, they had, I think, four of their riders in the top 10 in that time trial. So quite, they're quite a formidable force right now. Um, speaking, of, uh, speaking of Simon Yates, his brother Adam Yates, to segue over to Italy, is mm. uh, currently in the lead on GC in uh, Treno Adriatico. Yep, 25 seconds ahead of Primoz Roglic with a short time trial to finish tomorrow so that could be uh, you know it's who up knows? Roglic yeah. is a phenomenal time trial he is there's a lot of, that's a lot of time to make up in a in a 10k time trial though yeah who uh, knows who knows um but at the, yeah it makes it uh, makes it super exciting still spoiler alert primos Roglic won Tirreno Adriatico by one second Thoughts on that race uh, so far, Matt? It's been, I thought, I think that's been a pretty interesting race. Been dominated, I would say, uh, by uh, Quickstep and Astana. Yeah, as, I mean, I guess Paris-Nice was a little bit too, you know. With, well, as the, as the season has been, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, was actually surprised to hear the statistic today, and it's only been within the last few days. Astana's really had an amazing weekend, one won four stages over the last that well this weekend they won days. yeah but this uh, this this weekend alone over two days they won three stages and was second in the the other one so they an almost perfect record for the weekend yeah so they now have more wins in the in the young season than than quick step uh, uh, although Philippe won today that's in right that's that's true. Beating all the big sprinters, including his own teammate uh, Elia Viviani. That's it was right. A very messy sprint, but uh, Alaphilippe took it. We were talking before we started recording, and and we actually both had to think hard for a couple minutes to to think of. Uh, and, and, and obviously there are many examples: Dylan Gronovagen winning the first two stages of of Perry Nice. Um, of course, Sam Bennett had a couple of stages there as well. Sam Bennett, big big win in uh, in Torino. He's or, or is I, I don't remember what 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 which of the they're getting these two races confused. Um, Sam Bennett won a stage of didn't he win two in Paris Nice? In Paris Nice, okay, yeah. Um, but we had to think long and hard about teams that. Other than Astana and and Quickstep that have that have uh, you know won stages, which is just a real testament to to how well those two teams uh, have been have been racing this year. Mm. Uh, quiz question for you: right. Which World Tour team has yet to win a race this year? Um, Trek Segafredo. Nope. Well, it's not EF Education first. No, they've had a very good start this it's year. Not, it's not Yumbo Visma. No, uh, they're, they're doing excellent as well. It's not UAE. Nope. 
I don't know. What's the answer? Katusha. Katusha. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't okay. have a great season last year, and it's not starting too great for them this year either. Yeah, so with Alaphilippe's win today, um, you know, that puts him, I, th- I think he's kind of the hot favorite for Paris Nice at the moment. Uh, for Milan San Remo. Uh, sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, for Milan San Remo, which is on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have announced our Velo Games League tonight, but um, when I checked today, it's still not up yet. So, is that right? So we'll have to put that up on the website. Um, and it typically starts, the Spring Classics League typically starts with Milan San Remo, correct? Yeah. So it starts with Milan San Remo, it goes all the way through Liege Baston Liege, and uh, it's a really fun one to do because you get. You get, I think, something like 24 trades throughout um, the classics. You've got to be kind of tactical about how you use them because a lot of those riders that are in the early classics won't be in the Ardennes classics later on. So it's, right. a, it's a fun one to do. Yeah, and you have to stay on top of it because you've got to remember to make your trades. And yeah. as I did last year, you've also got to remember to confirm your trades yes. after you make them. Yeah, so hopefully that'll be up uh, in the next couple of days, and uh, we can we can post that for people to uh, to join the league. Well, so you're saying Alaphilippe, uh, uh, one of the one of the hot favorites for Milan San Remo. I would tend to say that that that's probably good if the if the you know it it really sort of depends, doesn't it? As it as it often does, mm. uh, you know what sort of you know what happens uh, uh, on the on the last climb up the uh, it's not the Poggio, it's the uh, uh, no, it is. It's the it's the Poggio. It's the last Poggio. One. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we've seen that he's able to do that to do that break. Um, unfortunately, he got pipped to the post by Kwiatkowski and Sagan, um, which was you know that epic finish. Yeah. Uh, Great three way sprint sprint between those. What was that? Two three years ago. Now? Two years ago, it was Nibali last year, right? Yep. Nibali had done the Nibali uh, on a solo. Yeah. Phenomenal. Nibali went and got away on the on the Poggio and uh, stayed away on the descent, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, all the way all the way to the end. That all the way a, into town. It was a, a great finish. Um, so yeah, so that's coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, I don't know other picks. Anybody else you think uh, looks interesting for it? Well, you mentioned Sam Bennett earlier. Uh, he's yeah. certainly looking on form, and he's the kind of sprinter that that. Um, you know, he he uh, in in Paris Nice in the sprint that he one of the sprints that he won. It was a it, he was with a bit of a of a sort of a all rounders type selection. If I'm yeah, not he, mistaken, yeah, a lot of the sprinters have been dropped, and uh, he managed to make it. Yeah. So he's a guy I think that can that can get up and stay with a stay with a selection up the up the Poggio if need be, and then obviously uh, has the chops to to out sprint them into town if he can if he can be with that final move. Dylan Gronovagen, well, uh, well, also staying on the Sam Bennett thing, though. Yeah. Of course, his teammate Peter Sagan, Peter Sagan, who hasn't looked that great. Uh, he came, I think, second in one of the sprints in Torino, but he's really been off the back a lot and doesn't look like he's got the endurance uh, right now. Yeah, I suppose the the you know it, to to pick Sam Bennett would would mean that likely you'd have to have Sagan would probably have to be out of the mix at that point in time I suppose it's come, or it's come down to the bunch sprint yeah know? um 
but yeah, that's an interesting question. I didn't I didn't think about the the Sagan factor, and and mm. and maybe that is you know emblematic, like you say, of the the sort of beginning to the season that he's had. He has not been a name that's been on many people's lips so far, has he? I don't know that we've mentioned him more than once or twice on the podcast, and yeah. it has been in sort of questioning type uh, questioning type discussion. No, yeah, I think it's been a bit of a bit of a slow burn. I think he was feeling sick before. Um Tirreno Adriatico. Who knows with with Sagan? He could have just he could just suddenly hit form before you know before Saturday. Um, you mentioned Dino, Dylan Gronebergen, yeah, the Atomic Tadpole, uh, who had you know who's who's looking really good. Very, I, I would say possibly the strongest of the pure sprinters so far this season. Also, he had that. Uh, I don't remember what race it was. Now I don't remember if it was. I think it was a stage race. I don't remember what stage race it was. There was a bit of an uphill sprint mm-hmm. uh, that. Uh, uh, actually, sorry, Matt. I'm going to have to make you edit that out. That was uh, <laughs> Caleb Ewan that won that uphill sprint, right? Uh, not Dylan Gronovagen. Uh, but that which raises the, then the question. Maybe we'll leave it in. You don't have to edit that out. Maybe Caleb Ewan is someone. And is he? Does he have plans to race uh, Milan San Remo? I hadn't hadn't really. I would have seen, but I would have thought that Lotto Sudal would be bringing him. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he's their he's their marquee guy. Uh, another interesting one is Dylan Grunewagen's teammate Wout Van Aert will be there at Milan San Remo. He will be. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's funny because we were. I was speculating maybe that he would be left off of that. Is not necessarily, you know. That's what I read today. It could be wrong, but uh, yeah, no, I think that's, that's fantastic. So that that then so he's got now three monuments at least that he'll be doing: Milan San Remo, yeah, the Ronde, and uh, Paris Nice. I mean, uh, Paris Roubaix. Paris Roubaix. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and uh, of course that, that that then also begs the question: When do we get to see MVDP? Uh, in the classics well i don't know the answer to that yeah uh, but uh I'm, I'm certainly curious to to find it out yeah so speaking of stage racing we had uh some stage racing going on here in the in the states out in california redlands california the mm-hmm. uh the redlands cycling classic or the redlands classic um that race uh, was decided on sunday and uh quite an interesting final stage and quite an interesting gc shakeup. Uh, yeah i i and Bodie mentioned hey this crazy finish going on yeah, and I switched it on, and I couldn't tell what was going on at all. So I'll, I'll tell you what was going on as best as I can because I didn't follow the race in its entirety. Uh, but uh, so going into that final stage, um, uh, a rider from uh, Action Hagens Berman uh, was in first place. Mm-hmm. Kevin uh, Vermark. Kevin Vermark, and uh, the final stage was you know kind of a. a you know, sort of a, a kind of a long crit type stage, right? Circuit, circuit race, destined to to you know generally destined to come down to a bunch sprint, and so it's not one of these processional you know rides into in, down the Champs Elysees like the final stage of uh, of the 
Tour de France, but it's one where if you are uh, first on GC and you're able to hang with the pack, generally speaking, you might not obviously be shooting it out for the stage win, but your your chances of maintaining GC are probably pretty good. But uh, in, in this case, uh, the uh, the group let a break of two uh, get out front. Uh, Quinn Simmons uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Landis Cyclery and Corey Lockwood from Semperporo. Corey Lockwood was in fourth place yep. over a minute back. Minute eight back from the day before, yeah. Going into the going into the final stage, uh, he got away with a break of two, and they worked together, and you know the group was just furiously trying to bring them back, mm-hmm. uh, but they stayed away, maintained enough of a gap uh, that uh, Corey Lockwood leapfrogged over the top three and won the race on GC from a break. He but, didn't win. He didn't win the stage. No, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure he would have um, made a deal with Simmons. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, there was definitely some uh, some deal making going on right there for sure. Yeah, because uh, Quinn Simmons helped him helped him stay away and and and. Uh, and, and, and win on GC. Don't see that's, that a that, whole lot, do you? Well, and that is a perfect breakaway situation, isn't it? That's right. Where one guy can get the overall, but the other guy can get knows he can get the stage. That's right. So it's like they're both going to work together all the way to the line. Yeah, so maybe if you have three, there's a little bit of, you know, dicking around and you don't, you know, right. you don't know the other two have to both be, you know, in on it. But when you're exactly right. Having yeah. that's like the perfect, the perfect recipe. Um, but still a phenomenal effort because they beat the main group by two minutes, 28. Yeah. That's uh, so yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, the, the top, uh, let's see, we'll go to, go to GC. It was a, a lot of young riders, uh, in that a lot, a lot of young riders in that race. Um, trying to yeah. find the final, final GC, but, um, just a lot of U 23 riders, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, including uh, the, the the winner of the race, who was, uh, I think, 19 years old. Yeah, which also harks back to, you know, what we've seen this year from, well, look at Paris-Nice. Team Sky had four of their riders, four of their seven riders were under 23. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's where the World Tour is at right now. There's so much young talent out there. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible. And obviously there's so much young talent in the domestic scene here right now uh there's uh you know it seems like a a great time for for road racing really well also um still a great time as we have discussed much on the podcast still a great time for gravel racing and we Mm. had a bit of that going on up in Oklahoma, I think, is where the Land Run 100 yep. is held. Yes. We had two of our teammates, uh, Ali Mariano and Christina Larson, uh, went up to Land Run. Both did very well. Um, well, Christina's now a former teammate. Oh, that's right. That's yes. right. Oh, yeah. wow, it pain to say it. It still hasn't sunk in. I know. Uh, well, we'll still call her uh, a friend and a friend of the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and congratulations, Christina had a uh, you know, finished in the top top thirty, top thirty five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Allie finished seventieth uh, out of uh, well over well over a hundred and 
150 women, I think, in that in that race. Yeah, superb rides by both of them. Uh, I mean, tough race, you know. I mean, 100 miles. I guess last, you know, I looked at last year's results, and there was only some, there was some tiny number of finishes last year. I guess it was absolutely brutal yeah. conditions last year. But this year it looked very uh, sunny and clear, kind of ideal conditions. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know what it is exactly about that race, but it's funny because, you know, both Allie and Christina went up and did uh, DK 200 mm-hmm. last year. Uh, Allie had some uh, technical problems and, and didn't finish. Christ- Excuse me, Christina did finish. Yeah, uh, with a with a very strong time, but both of them uh, were were uh, very um, very wary and, and nervous about the the Land Run 100. So I don't know what it is about that race. Uh, I guess I think maybe I th- my understanding is that it's uh, you know weather conditions and stuff that have been problematic in the past, and it was just kind of perfect conditions this year. So yeah, I think this is the this was I'm sure it was a new record time. Um, well, obviously it wasn't hard enough this year that uh, Ted King <laughs> couldn't stop to uh, take selfies uh, from the break this year, apparently. Yeah, I think he was doing it while he was riding, right? Yeah, no, no, for yeah. sure. It was, it was uh, it, absolutely, they were on the bike. It looked like he was with a selection of about four or five other other riders. I don't know if there were others in front of him, but... Uh, well, know. he got second, right? It was a three-up sprint. Um, I believe it was a guy who was a mountain biker that won it. Uh, and it was Drew Dillman. I believe was uh, was third okay. in that three-way sprint. Yeah, I don't uh, don't know much about the results. I just uh, happened upon an Instagram photo of of Ted King or an Instagram live video, maybe I think mm. that he shot. You know, from the from the break. Hello from the break. <laughs> yeah, and they averaged over twenty miles an hour on yeah. gravel. You know, for five hours plus. So uh, pretty uh, pretty impressive. So it must have been, I'm guessing, relatively good conditions. Uh, another interesting one of the results I saw was eighth overall in the women, uh, and I believe second in women's over forty was uh, Leah Thorvilson, who, if you'll remember, was the first winner of the uh, Canyon SRAM Zwift Challenge. Oh, so who she, got the professional contract? So she raced with Canyon SRAM for yeah. two years. She's not with them anymore, but she's kind of a Zwift ambassador and. Uh, doing all kinds of events i mean i think it's kind of like she's built a you know a career off of off of that off of that experience so she's an actual brand ambassador yes a real brand ambassador and uh yeah so she was uh that was her first gravel race uh eighth overall in the women second in her age group so uh you know that's uh that's pretty awesome and 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 I'm, i'm putting you on the spot i should be pulling it up instead of asking the question do we know who won the women's race uh, i'm gonna have to look it up as well yeah we, this is where why we need Bodie here because uh, that's what he's uh, he has all the stuff he's our statistician yeah well he's the he's the young guy in the crowd that's so right. he's got absolute command of data and and all sorts of technology i mean i have to swap out to my reading glasses yeah and uh, he just he swipes right and it's right there yeah yeah he's got all that he's got all that set up uh on his snapchat well we'll, we'll get we'll get back to to the answer to that question i'm just i'm wondering i, I know i saw um uh ali tetrick uh, posted some instagram videos of her looking sort of done and dusted after a gravel race and i'm just wondering if that was land run 100 and if she was a part of that and how she did she definitely didn't win it uh i saw amanda nauman was in the top 10 okay um but i didn't see allison tetrick's name in there uh All right. well we'll we'll interject that 
either mm. in editing or you can let us know when you get to it. But 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 while we're looking for that, we've got gravel of our own going on here in New Orleans next weekend. We've got the race number two in the Boss Gravel Circuit Series. Uh, this is the uh, the race for the uh, the race for the toy otters. Sorry, I'm letting the cat out of the bag. It's uh, I've got them sitting right here in the office. Uh, we've got stuffed otters with handmade bandanas that are going to be the overall prizes for the winners of the uh, of the Boss Gravel Circuit Series. Mm. Race race two is coming up this Sunday over at English Turn, uh, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, fun event. Great. I love that little course there. It's uh, it's really good. It's got some gravel variety in it, hasn't it? Uh, it's got some kind of like more road with potholes and and uh, and a little bit of gravel. And then to, you know, the gravel kind of um, increases as you go around the course. And there's uh, there's some fun stuff in there. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm just realizing. I said I'm letting the cat out of the bag. Obviously, I'm Let letting the the, I'm letting the otter out of the bag. Yeah. Maybe letting the otter out of the dam. Mm. Uh, uh, just to go back, Nina Laughlin was the winner of the women's race in five hours, 32 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's blazing fast, isn't it? Certainly is. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, there are a lot of people that would love to be able to do a century on the road in that time. <laughs> yeah. Much Absolutely. less gravel. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to our two friends, Taylor and Greta, who... Uh, celebrated their nuptials this weekend mm. uh, appropriately enough with uh, a bit of a bicycle themed uh, occasion at least a number of people riding their bicycles uh, yeah. to the outdoor event out near uh, Bayou St. John did they ride off to their honeymoon on their uh, tandem well I don't know because I, I, I'm ashamed to say that I wasn't there again as I said earlier it was my daughter's birthday this weekend and so uh, we had our own family stuff to do, but I was uh, really sad to miss it. I um, sent them a nice note congratulating them, but uh, it was a, a both a celebration of their of their uh, of their wedding and 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 seemed to be a bit of a celebration of the New Orleans cycling community, mm. uh, of which those two are a huge part. And a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Charlie Thomas, was uh, officiating the he ceremony. Was. Yes, I saw he had some sort of, uh, had been anointed with some mm. honors that uh, bestowed by some powers greater than us that allowed him <laughs> to perform that ceremony. I saw some social media post of him flashing some sort of yeah. certificate or yeah. badge of some sort. Yeah. Not exactly sure what it was, but yeah, fantastic. So yeah, congratulations to those two. Um Matt, I did a mountain bike race this weekend. I know. And uh, really have to say I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I had never really even ridden a mountain bike, I'm ashamed to say. Uh, and, uh, and it took me about the first third of the race to figure out what in the hell I was doing. Um, but uh, I enjoyed it. I did fairly well. And um, I... Well, I believe you finished second in your group. I finished second in my group and, uh, you know, uh, just found, uh, found a real affinity for the, the off-road, the off-road cycling. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. to say, I uh, cheers to that. Thank you. Uh, came home and, and started Googling things like, um, affordable used mountain bike for yeah. sale. Mm. Um, 
so we shall see if anybody's got a line on a on a large ish mountain bike mm-hmm. uh, must have disc brakes yes uh, essential and, in this day and age uh, and uh, now hardtail well I rode a hardtail mm-hmm. and I have to say I feel like I, I mean I've never ridden anything but a hardtail but I have I, 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 I didn't mind it a bit yeah. Uh, of course, folks that were on the full squish bikes were telling me that uh, I didn't know what I was missing. But I've also heard, though, from from people that that are on the full suspension, uh, that uh, it's a little soft going uphill. That you really you get a better, you know, you get a little bit more power transfer into that. Uh, Depends how technical it is. If yeah. it's a really technical course, you can actually stay more planted with a full suspension bike. It really, okay. it it all depends. And I think for round here, a hardtail seems to be the the choice of many for the uh, for the well, race scene. I tell you, there were a lot of folks on the on the full yeah. suspension bikes. All right. uh, so what, maybe I, I'll throw it out there. I'm I'm definitely you know my goal was to do one mountain bike race mm. uh, this season. Uh, my stated goal, at least. Uh, I am now convinced that I will do at least one more mountain bike race this season, if nice. not more than one. And so if anybody wants to, I, I did this one on a loaner bike, thanks to uh, Mike Bro for loaning me his hardtail Jameis. Dragon, James Dragon, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Reynolds, Reynolds 853 frame. Yeah, very, very nice. Mm. Great bike. I, fantastic bike to, to do my first race on. Maybe next race I'll, I'll try the full suspension and, and see how that goes. Yeah, now was that... Is his the 20, 29er version? Was that a 29er? It, uh, I believe it was a 29er, yeah. yes. Which uh, I think is definitely the way to go around here. They just roll over everything. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I've spent so much of my uh, life, certainly on-road, but even off-road, uh, cyclocross, uh, picking lines and trying to avoid routes and obstacles and things like that. What, a mountain bike, you could just yeah. aim right for it and ride right over it. Yeah. You know, there's just... Uh, Especially with a suspension fork and a 29er with the big, you know, 2.3 tire or something. Oh, yeah, on there on big, front. big, big tires. And, uh, and and they were, again, there were folks there with, with much bigger tires than, than I had on my bike, so... Yeah. Now, I, I have to admit, it's it's a good many years since I've ridden up at Mount Zion. Uh, how, how, how was the course? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, I mean, nothing against uh, the, the the spillway trail here, but I think, you know, even those guys would certainly say, you know, look, we're, we're dealing with the, the topography that we're dealing with here in New Orleans is, yeah. is so limited. Uh, it was it was hilly. It was exciting. It was challenging. Ton of fun. Great trails. They were in fantastic shape. Thanks so much to, to all the guys that helped uh, make that race happen. We had a huge turnout. That's great. And, uh, and the mountain bike scene is is alive and and kicking here in uh, louisiana and mississippi so it was really nice to actually go check it out and be a part of it and feel a part of it i felt welcomed and uh, i will be back for more awesome yeah uh well i actually rode two days this weekend well, I saw that, Matt, and wouldn't you know it, uh, the first club ride you've been on in a few weeks was, was <laughs> one where only three people showed up because the weather was such shit. It, yeah, it was, and uh, it was uh, myself, Elise, and Sarah uh, from the team Yeah, all showed up, and uh, so we kind of, we went out to the armory and back, and then went out to the casino, you know, because we didn't really feel like going out to Reds, uh, just the three of us in crappy weather like that, so... We went and rode the levee, and I think we only saw one other cyclist out there. It was pretty nasty. It was very, 
day one Paris Nice out sure. there. Yeah, uh, the crosswinds were uh, ripping your little three man peloton apart. Yeah, we basically we I felt like we had broken away. Uh, we ba- we actually broke away before ever it started because nobody ever showed up. Uh, so we we had a very good lead, and uh, we we did a nice little bit of echelon practice on the way on the way back with the crosswinds. Well, I would normally have been there. The uh, weather doesn't usually keep me away from the club ride either. Uh, but I was uh, under the weather, as mm. they say, um, at, at home, uh, not feeling well. I hadn't been feeling well for a few days, and I knew I had the mountain bike race coming up on Sunday that I'd committed to, and I, I wanted to rest up and make sure that I wasn't just awfully sick for, for that race. And um, so I, I'm, I'm sorry that I, that I missed it, but uh, thank you, Matt and uh, Sarah and Elise, for keeping the club ride going. We'll be back out there this Saturday. We will be in uh, English Turn on Sunday for the Boss Gravel Circuit, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be coming back to talk to you guys again, I guess, next Monday, hopefully with Bodie in the room. Uh, apologies for all of the many mistakes in, in, in uh, <laughs> slow transfers of, of data. We're, we're going to, yeah, I'm going to edit a, a lot of stuff out. And, uh, and, and, and again, our, our fact checker and, and general uh, taskmaster, uh, Bodie Bodie will be back with us next week to uh, keep us on task and providing you guys with um, actual uh, factual information as opposed to just uh, the, the mad musings of two old men. But hope you've appreciated it this week. Uh, I think that's about it from the agenda, Matt, unless you have anything else. I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye to these fine folks and to you tonight um, by saying uh, bring your bikes and come win ye some otters on Sunday. Mm. And uh, this is uh, Sachirio signing off saying, uh, first of all, I want to say a big thank you to the uh, cop that stopped myself and uh, Chuck Bell on the uh, on the gravel behind the airport. He was very, very nice to us and very pleasant and uh, and left us, let us uh, go on our way. And, uh, and also, don't forget, guys, uh, look out for our Milan San Remo Fantasy League. Hopefully it's on. Uh, I will post that up as soon as possible. So uh, we'll put that on the Facebook and the Instagrams and, uh, and, the, uh, and the website. Breaking news. The Spring Classics Fantasy League is live and the code is 8094342. That's 8094-34238. And you can find it on velogames.com.